welcome to another episode of Truths Be Told. I'm your host, Lindsay Mullen. How are you? How are you doing right now? Where are you? Are you uh, driving your car? Are you doing errands? Are you walking down the street? Maybe you're cleaning your bedroom. That's what I'm always doing when listening to a podcast. I'm always pretending to clean my bedroom and just sitting on my bed. Uh, Well, wherever you are, welcome. Welcome to another episode. If you're new to the podcast, uh, Truths Be Told is a show that is a comedy storytelling show. Uh, We have guests on, and my guests are funny and dynamic and interesting, and they are sharing true stories from their life that relate to a theme. This week, the theme is a very dark theme, something uh, that lives inside all of us, but we don't always like to talk about it. The theme this week is that horrible thing that I did. Yes, I think all of us have something we're ashamed of, a skeleton in our closet. Maybe it's a little thing we're ashamed of, or maybe it's a big thing. You know, I always think it's really important to investigate the shame that dwells inside of yourself. This episode, we have stories from people, and they are very brave people, in my opinion, because they're coming on here not to look charming and hilarious uh, and be super likable. They're coming on the show today to share something awful that they did, something that they feel really bad about that they regret deeply Uh, I think that takes a lot of courage and that's actually a step towards feeling better and being a better person is acknowledging that horrible dark side of yourself that side of yourself that you're ashamed of because you feel like you know it doesn't represent your true character the horrible thing you did shouldn't represent you But maybe the reason we're actually afraid of the shameful acts we've done in our life is because we're afraid maybe that bad thing is the truth about me. Maybe that little horrible action does represent me. Maybe it's the truth. It's pretty dark stuff. Uh, I think that this topic is really relevant right now in our culture, actually. So I'm really happy to be doing it on the show. I feel like we live in a society right now that's really uh, about you know good guys and bad guys and picking teams it's very polarizing at the moment we're not listening we're not hearing each other and connecting and trying to work together it just feels like every day there's something that we're getting so upset and angry about and rightfully so it's all really awful stuff that's going on in the world right now we should be getting up in arms about it but Is there a way we can do it and connect? Is there a way we can forgive and have compassion? Like I said, this is a comedy podcast. So we're going to try and find some laughs amidst all this heavy subject matter. So I should start. Uh, I wanted to start with something not so heavy. I'm going to ease you in. My story of something bad that I did that I regret was from childhood. When I was seven, uh, I was in the second grade, and I had a best friend named Josh. Uh, I was in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Uh, And there, me and Josh, you know, we were the best of friends. We were very close. We hung out every recess together. We played make-believe. Just the best of buds. I would tell him all my secrets. Uh, and there was this other kid um, who I will not name because it's been so long that I, I haven't seen them since that age, so I don't know their name. Um, let's just call him Little Boy. Uh, and this little boy who was in my class, he had, I think, anger and temper issues, uh, a lot of mood issues. And, and now that I'm older, I actually feel a lot of compassion and feel worse about my action in it all um because he he had a lot of struggles at such a young age uh and I remember I was on the playground at recess and 
I was with Josh, and that little boy was nearby. And this little boy, he had a habit of losing his temper and crying. I turned to my friend Josh at some point, and I whispered, can I tell you a secret? He said, okay. I said, you have to promise you won't tell anyone. He said, okay, I promise. And I whispered in his ear, little boy, that little boy, is a crybaby. And Josh looked at me and said, I'm going to tell him. And his eyes all lit up like really big, like he was so excited to, to screw me over. And I went, no, you just promised. He said, no, I'm going to tell him. And he goes up to him and he says, hey, Lindsay says you're a crybaby. And this kid, like, he turns slowly to me. His his like eyes start bulging out of his head. His whole face goes red. He's like going full Hulk mode. And he looks so angry. And then all of a sudden his eyes well with tears. And he bursts into tears and in an angry voice with you know, tears streaming down his face, he yells, I am not a crybaby. And then he winds up and punches me in the eye. <laughs> and I hit the ground like a sack of bricks. And I mean, it, you know, it hurt, but it was more just red hot anger in me. And I was like, what's wrong with you? I'm telling, I'm telling on you. And he was just like, in like a crazy mode. And um, we were both sent to the principal's office. Uh, and we were sitting there. I remember it was like a Norman Rockwell painting or something from a cartoon. Uh, we were both sitting opposite each other by the secretary's desk waiting to be taken to the principal's office and I had a ice pack on my eye or something and he's sitting there with his arms folded we're seven and um I think we just you know said rude things to each other like you know you're gonna be in so much trouble no you're gonna be in so much trouble that kind of thing I think he did get in trouble. I think I also did. I actually don't remember how the principal handled the action. And I look back on this and I think, you know, it makes me sound a bit like the victim in the story because I get punched in the eye. But I truly feel like I'm the bad guy in this story. I deserved a punch in the eye. I realize it was a boy and I'm a girl, but this is at an age when, you know, we're both the same strength. We're both, you know, the same height and weight. It didn't really feel like he was in a greater power position than me. And I look back on it now and I just think, you know, someone who is very vulnerable and maybe lonely and dealing with a lot of stuff mental issues perhaps and I just said something shitty I mean Josh is also the jerk in this story he really didn't need to do that and he just kind of disappeared from the situation and never got brought into the principal's office but I I still think about this story not only because it's funny but also because it's sad and and actually uh, not too long ago I I asked, I asked somebody who went to elementary school with me, I'd run into them, or someone who was from Edmonton, and I'd run into them and I said, hey, do you remember that kid? And he had temper issues and whatever, whatever. And the person said, yeah, he died. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, he died in high school of, of like a, a sickness. <sighs> I realize that I have nothing to do with that, but it just makes it all the more sad and upsetting to me. And it makes me regret it even more, even though those two things aren't related. So I realize that's kind of a sad note to start the show on, but it still sticks in my mind. It's like forever attached to childhood for me as a moment of, you know wield your power with other people in a in a positive way. I regret that very much. 
for hurting his feelings. <sighs> See, and now I feel better because I've shared this with you. I've shared it. I'm letting it go. Fantastic. I'll recover. I am, of course, not going through this by myself, this emotional moment. I'm actually joined with uh, my sound guy. His name is Devin. How you doing, Devin? I'm doing wonderful. Oh, great. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. And uh, you seem like a very nice person. Do you carry around a lot of shame in your heart or do you let things go? Um... I try to let things go. No, no, actually, that's a lie. I never forget. I'm like an elephant. Um, oh, you I had a little moment there where you were like, I'm going to say I'm fine, but then a little truth came up there. Oh, yeah, because I'm, uh, yeah, I, I can hold grudges. Um, I'll never let it last too long, but like, uh, as far as like on a personal level, but in my mind, I guess it's always there. Yeah, yeah. But I've done some stupid shit. Yeah, me too. I've done a lot of shitty things too, and way more shittier things than the story I just told. I'll be honest, it feels a little bit like a cop-out because the shittiest things I've ever done, I don't necessarily feel comfortable saying on a podcast. Yeah, You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people have those go-to elementary school days stories of like pure shame. Yeah, because you could tell that and it kind of lets you off the hook because you were a kid. But yeah, I think a few times a year we do something a little shitty and we know we're being shitty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you are you seem like a nice person, so... I try my best. You try I'm, your I'm, best. Yeah, I'm an angel. <laughs> You're an, wow. <laughs> what can I say? Well, and humble. And humble. A humble angel. I'm so lucky to have him in the booth. Thanks, Devin. So... This brings us to the quote of the episode. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, Since we're talking about horrible things that we've done in our life, it makes sense that the quote should be about forgiveness. The quote today is, The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. And of course, that was said by Gandhi. Who else would say that? Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? Don't you just want to, you know, put that quote over a picture of a, a lake and then put it up in your cubicle and look at it every day? Inspiring. I'm here with Josh Murray. Hey, Hello. Hey, Josh. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on the show. Josh Murray is a, a hilarious improviser and sketch performer here in Toronto. He's also the co-founder and a performer on uh, Songbuster the Musical, which is an improvised musical. Isn't That's that right? right. Yes. And I love it. Check it out. It's really good. Yeah. Um, they're always doing shows like all the time. So uh, look them up at songbustermusic.com or on any, you know, social media stuff, Twitter, Instagram, at songbustermusic. Um, and also, Josh has been brought on the show because he inspired the theme of this episode. Oh. The theme of that horrible thing that yeah. I did. Um, and, you know, lucky for you. Yeah. You're going to be on a boat for the next six months. Thank goodness. Performing Beer Prov. It's, it's a comedy show, and he's going to be at sea. So if you're mad at him at the end of this story, too bad. He's in the middle of the ocean when this airs. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's jump in. What, did, what, did, what was the horrible thing you did? All right. Um, sure. Um, first of all, I want to say that not a lot of people know this story, so I'm just going to... It's uh, it's not great. Uh, I worked at the record retail in the early 2000s with a, at a very cool record store with three awesome initials, and uh, I was <laughs> the a Canadians key- probably know which yeah, store that is. Yeah, and the UK too. Um, and uh, I was a key holder, which means that I was in charge of closing the store at night. Okay. Um, I was in charge of a bunch of people, and, uh, you know, I had to make sure that cash-outs went properly. Um, we had this one particular uh, employee who was, I'm going to say medium, not the best employee, not the worst, 
Um, let's call her Nikki because that's her name. And <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, great. I hope she's listening because I have a sincere apology at the end. Okay. So um, normally at the end of the day, you cash out, which means you count your cash and so forth. Um, now, this particular day, Nikki was out $100. And we were like, what's going on? Before we jump in, what what's Nikki like? Can you describe this person so I can okay. picture them? Uh, Nikki is, I'm going to say, very sweet. Hmm. Not necessarily super dedicated to the job. Like so lazy but sweet. So yeah, me, yeah, me. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say lazy. I would just say uh, just not the best at that job. Okay, great. Uh, so more apologies coming a later. Kind, Nikki. innocent lamb. Continue. Very, very, very young too. She was probably about sixteen or seventeen. Oh my god. So <laughs> <laughs> you're really setting yourself up to be it's a monster. Very bad. <laughs> Go ahead. So I was like, this is insane. Where's this $100? Obviously, there was a return that wasn't done properly or something like this. So um, I counted that cash three, four times, and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. So I went out to the register to basically count all this stuff, and uh, I basically saw a $100 bill on the ground. And I'm like, oh, for sure this is it. It's right by your cash register. There's a $100 bill. Mystery solved. Mystery solved. So theoretically, what you do is you go back and say, hey, good news, everyone, $100 right here. And no, not me. This was the terrible thing I did. Uh, wait, wait, how old are you? Um, uh, Old enough. Um, I guess I was probably in my early 20s, like, you know. So what did you do? What did I do? I basically... You pocketed? I pocketed it because oh. I also knew where the cameras were in the thing, and I knew that no one would know. So, (laughs) I basically went back and said I couldn't find anything, and and she was in tears because she knew that there was a few other strikes against her. So she was in tears, and you are seeing firsthand the damage and pain you're causing. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was bad. Um, and then I basically, when you're out a bunch of money, you have to talk to the manager. And, uh, so I spoke to the manager and the manager said, this happens too much. So he spoke to the regional manager. This happens too much. It was happening. Well, no, just like, it was like too many little things from, from Nikki. Oh, Nikki was, uh, she's problematic in other small ways, but now this thing really just broke the camel's back. Yeah. She was never really out on cash or anything. And this also was... She was like pretty new to the cash. She w- didn't even use use the cash register before. She was kind of like just stocking and so forth and helping. But so she was like maybe f- first or second week on cash. So I pocketed that hundred dollars and then. Um, so the manager spoke to the regional manager. You said yeah, and then ultimately she was fired. Not Josh. I know. Josh. I know. I know. Because uh, of this. Uh, well, this was like again. Oh. I guess this was like fifty percent of it. Like it wasn't completely that, but it was a lot of that. Hundred dollars is a lot. I was in retail. It was a. It was insane, and I honestly kind of blocked it out of my head for a very long time. Well, you'd have to, because you're not a sociopath, so I you'd know. have to find a way to deal with... Yeah. The th- Tell me this. Yeah. When she was crying, yeah. and she was like, oh my God, I where is this, it? Yeah. And looking everywhere. What were you feeling internally? Was it like shame, or did you just shut that part of your brain off and justify it? Hmm. What were you thinking about? I probably... <sighs> wow. Um... I don't know. I feel like I was a little sneak. Maybe it was a bad day. I don't know. I really I kind of shut it off. Like, there's no... I if, if I was ever in that position again, I would never do that. So that's why it's hard for me to be like, why would you, why would you do that? I have no clue. And that's what's interesting about this story to me. Yeah. And I really want everyone listening to get this, especially if you don't know Josh. Josh is a nice guy. Like, I've yeah. known you for quite a few years yep. now. And I think that's what makes this story so electrifying to me is because when you first told me a couple years ago, (laughs) I was like, but Josh is a great guy. He's a nice person. I know. So that's kind of what I like about it, too. Because if you were just a dick all the time, then it would be like, oh, wow, a dick who's just being a dick all the time. But because you're relatable and nice. Yeah. 
And then we know how dark it can get. And it's so weird because it's not, It when I look back at it, I'm like, that was not me. But it was for sure me because I did it. But yeah. it's so strange because like. <sighs> Were you happy in your life at that time? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I was working. I, I had a girlfriend at the time, uh, living with her. So yeah, I was quite happy. I'm trying to give you an out, but I guess. Oh no, there's no out. <laughs> there was basically, it was this. It was, you know, it was a split second of like, I can get away with this. I'm going to do it, and then it's too late. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once you do it, once, once you do the bad thing, yeah, you either double down and stick with That's it. That's what it was. I basically could have turned it around in a moment. I could have turned it around in a moment when I was basically it was like pull out a hundred dollar bill and be like, "Haha, I saved the day. I'm the best," which I would do today, truthfully, because I like <laughs> looking good. But for some reason, that hundred dollars was more important. And also, I think I also wanted to be a sneak. That's the truth. You wanted to be a little sneaky snake. I think I wanted to be a little sneaky snake. Well, okay. Josh, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing this story. I think it was very brave because I did give Josh the option to write this story out to me anonymously so that, you know, because it's very easy to come on a show and uh, sound like the hero in your story and be, like, charming and funny but to come on and admit what you've said takes guts. Absolutely. I also want to take this time to say, Nikki, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I really am. I should never have done that. It wasn't fair. You weren't the best employee, but you did not. <laughs> but you you didn't deserve that. So I hope you're listening. I really do. And if I see you again, I'm going to tell you. And probably, you know what? I'm probably going to give you $100. So. Beautiful. Thanks for coming on the show, Josh. And have a a safe trip out to the middle of the ocean. Woo! Yay! Yay! (laughs) I feel like we're being quiet for the neighbors. Yay! Uh, I'm sitting here with Peter Stevens. He's the one saying yay. Yay! (laughs) He is a comedy writer and director, a fantastic improviser, an improv teacher. Oh, this is good. Keep it coming. Yeah. (laughs) He's directed me in improv, and I was like, whoa. (laughs) That's how I Wow, yeah. Great review. Yeah. (laughs) Just fill out that Yelp with a bunch of woes. Yeah. Oh, I wish there was a Yelp for improv teachers. I wonder about that. Should there be a database of all the performers in the city? And then you'd know the average person would know. This is a different podcast. My app ideas. (laughs) I like it. I'm trying to turn your podcast into my app idea podcast. Sorry, sorry. If anyone (laughs) could get away with that. (laughs) If anyone could pull that off, it would be you. All right. Um, So... You have a story that is not a story of something bad that you did, but something you almost did. Yeah, great call. Because for me, something uh, I don't I don't ever tell this story. I was going to say I don't often tell this story. I don't ever tell this story because for me, something did happen, and it was very bad. Okay, what happened? Okay, so this goes back. uh, I mean, I'm like. 22 now, so this is just a little while ago. No, no, <laughs> no I am sitting next no, to the crypt. If you're watching the video, I'm <laughs> one step from the grave. Okay, anyway, this happened in the early 2000s when I was in my early 20s. Okay. And uh, I was tree planting. I had planted trees, tree planted for about three years. So this mm. is a, a story that happened. Have you been? Have you ever? Do you know anyone? I, I yes, my cousins do it. Awesome! And, uh, I love your cousins. Yeah, it's it's really hard work, apparently. Yeah, and uh, it takes you become like yeah. ripped. You become <laughs> yeah. That's what I've heard. For those of you on video, uh, I'm ripped. <laughs> you just have to look lower. My calves are crazy. Anyway, for those of you listening in on radio, it's crazy how ripped I am. You're just just let that imagination go. But the other thing about tree planting is it's kind of the wild. North. Mm-hmm. It's the Wild West, the Wild North. People are doing whatever. Mm-hmm. So this story was about my second year. And uh, in that Wild North, this is outside of Geraldton, Ontario, uh, Thunder Bay. Lovely people, great place. This story is not indicative of everyone there. It is just tree planters who kind of go off the edge a bit. So in your, you know, you're in your 20s. It's a lot of guys. They're cam- we're camping in a national park. That's where we live. 
Mm-hmm. So things get a little boring. So obviously there's going to be pranks. And for the record, I do not ever do pranks. I don't like pranks. You seem like a sensitive, compassionate soul, so I wouldn't Thank think you. you'd I'm love. I'm doing a great, I'm, you know, I'm passing like a serial killer. I'm sensitive. And, yeah. <laughs> yes. no, he hasn't great. blinked for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel <laughs> things toward people that are good. <laughs> no, I, I just don't like when people aren't in on the joke. I'm like, sure. it's, it feels so mean-spirited. But, you know, when you're tree planting, it's going to happen. And uh, so one time, I, it was on the weekend, I was taking a nap in my tent where I lived, and after my nap, I stepped out of my tent, and there's no polite way to say this, there was shit outside of my tent. And I'm not an expert in shit, Mm. but... Right away, I go, whoa, maybe an animal came through here, but you go, no. No. No animal plans shitting right where you'd step on it. Right. And I was like, this looks like human shit in a way that it's not poop. Poop might be cute, a cute way. This is not cute. This is human shit. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. So I walk around and I turn and. My mom, God bless her, before I had left this year for tree planting, had bought me a brand new from Home Hardware a water jug. Where okay. It was like, stay hydrated. And I was like, aw, mom. She's like, they were on sale. You can use this. And I was like, this is so cute. So I had this big jug, big orange jug that I used to drink my water out of. And I turned and looked at it. And there was also human shit on my Water jug that my from, mom, from mom that my mom had bought for me. Oh, that's that's evil shit. And I was like, "This is that's not funny." I'm, I want to be the kind of person who can take a joke well. Of course, it's funny. It yeah. is kind of funny to put. It is funny if you're in the Wild West that you just shit on someone's stuff. I guess that's <laughs> the kind of tree planters would get it. They'd be like, "Yeah, it's shit. It's a joke." But I was like, "This is not funny. There's this something- is gross." There's also something kind of animal about that that's disturbing, like yeah. m- territory marking and, and it's just ter- putting your feces yeah. on something. That's I never even thought of that, but that's re- totally true. It's like, you know, in terms of masculinity, it's like my territory has been marked. I'm just trying to be a man planting trees. That's what a man does. He plants trees, and now you're taking my territory with your shit. And with the There's jug thing, this. Yeah. it's almost like a, a yo mama joke in there, and too. My ma- and my mom, and you're trying poop. to destroy... The legacy of my mother's <laughs> kindness. Anyway, and I had just woken up, and I was like, I don't think even if I was in a clear headed, this is not a cool joke. I'm like, you shit on my stuff. You shit on my. This is. A, I remember that I'm getting in touch with the reaction. I was like, okay, there's shit. And then I looked. My first reaction might have been like, that's impressive placement. I don't know how someone. And then I was like, I was mad. And I was like. like Fuck I was you, like, I right? guess I'll clean it with hot water. Then I'm like, no, I can never drink out of that. I have to destroy that. Those fucking... Excuse, you can't say that on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you can. Those effing guys. I'm not that mad now, but thinking of it, I'm like, gee, come on! Like, there's a prank you can do, but that's... It's too far. I'm like, there's shit on my stuff. You shit on my stuff. So, So what... I didn't so know who happened? did it. I went down to the most likely suspects. These guys, these great group of guys who are friends, and I, and I met them tree planting, and I love them. And every list, every morning they would blast uh, MOPs Annie up at okay. like at six thirty a.m. and it was it was great. I was like I love these guys, so I went down to where they had camped, and I was like, hey guys, what's up? And they were giggling, and I'm like, oh, oh shit, it's for sure them. And they're giggling, and they're like, "What's up, Pete? What you, hey, what are you doing for lunch? You want to hang out?" And you know, but there's another layer. They're just letting creep mm-hmm. through, and I'm like, "Okay, this happened. What's my response?" You know, I'm not even present as I'm sitting. I remember this. I'm sitting with them with their tents. They're kind of eyeing me, and they're laughing, and my mind's just going, "I have a decision to make." I either back down, you got me, or I go to war. And I don't know. I'm like, I wouldn't, I don't do pranks. I'm not the kind of person that would do this. And I was like, I think I am. Okay. Uh, What I'm going to do is I'm going to come here tonight when they're sleeping and I'm going to shit in my hand. 
and I'm going to unzip each of their tents and throw my shit in at them. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh, that's that's dark. Yeah. It's like So tell me about that's that. That's going to change our relationship, but I'm like I can't. <laughs> oh, really? If you're uh, I bet. <laughs> I don't know, I'm not good at pranks. I'm like maybe they would laugh. No, it's diplomatic. I like it. I'm just like cuz I was like do I just shit at their campsite? I'm like no. I you either go the whole way. And these are my friends and I'm like, "Well, they crossed the line. You did this." You you know that that anyway. Yes. So I I want to just go into what that line of thinking into? for yeah. a moment. So th- you're not this type of person normally. You're not vengeful. Is this something hard for you to figure out? Of course I'm not. Everyone who knows me knows me as the guy who would never touch his own shit. No, seriously, it's, just, it's so vile. He's so mad. It's not my kind of comedy. It's just like, if you ask me, even today, I'd be like, no, I would not do that. But I do know that I was like, I asked myself that. And I said, yes. You are this kind of, it wasn't even that theoretical. It was like, yes, you will do this. And I imagined doing it. I was like, you'll do it in this way. You'll shit in your hand. You'll be quiet. You'll be here at night. I planned it out and I visualized doing it. And I was like, yep, this is something you are doing in three hours when it's, you know, they're, everyone's off to sleep to work on Monday. So uh, what happened then, after this? Then as I was kind of committing to that, and like I felt like a psycho because they're making jokes and we're just hanging out and I'm smiling. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When my mind is like, I'm going to do this thing to my friends. And then one of the guys uh, was like, so when did you realize it was cake? <gasps> and I was like, ha, 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 ha. And, and he was like, yeah, my, uh, my parents came down this weekend. They, uh, they gave one of us a cake, but the squirrels got at it, so we couldn't eat it. So what we did is we, we sculpted it, and we put it on everyone's campsite. And we were like, oh, it looks pretty good, but it doesn't look great. But when did you realize it was cake? And I was like, ha, ha, right away, man. <laughs> like, I'm not going to fall for that. And then we joked around and I went, I remember going back to my tent and sitting there and for the story purposes, it's like, it's something that didn't happen. But for me, it did happen. I looked inside myself and I saw the kind of person I know now I can be. See, that's. That's what I liked most about the story when you told it to me before is the idea that you saw what you were going to do and it was out of character and to know that, oh, I am that person. I guess I am that person in that circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. Now, whenever I hear something terrible or awful or some prank gone overboard or too wrong or some, you know, I'm just like, yeah, that's awful. But I do get it. I get it. That's actually how I feel when I watch the news and someone does something like horrific. There's always a thought in my head that's like everyone is one horrible decision away from their life being ruined. Yeah, it's and I so, do think that's true. It's so funny with evil how much sense it makes. It makes so and it's and it's not an evil thing. It's just a reaction to what like like I was saying, you did this. I did not make this choice. You put me in this situation. All the responsibility is on them. I'm just mm-hmm. responding with what is natural and right. And it just fits. It feels so right. It can't be wrong. Yeah. And yeah, that's a, it's, it's why it's so important that there are people who are not emotionally affected uh, handling things like, you know, in court or whatever. Because when you're in that mindset, it makes complete sense. Yeah. That's the thing. Everything always makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Peter. Yes. Thank you so much for being Thanks on for the having show. Me. Like it that yeah. was dark, but I loved it. it made me it, think. It, it was a bit dark, but if I could give any advice, mm-hmm. don't don't, guys. <laughs> <laughs> guys, if you want to uh, follow him on Twitter, uh, he's at underscore Peter Stevens. And that's makes sense. Yeah, it makes, makes it makes complete sense. Yeah. And uh, he has a show. Uh, called Elephant Empire. Yes. It's his sketch. My sketch group. Elephant Empire. Elephant Empire. Keep and an eye out for us. Yeah, they're out there. Yeah, and also be teaching improv in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you.
Welcome to the panel discussion. I'm here with two friends. Really, I mean, I say that every time that they're friends, but these are actual really close friends like that I've known for years and years from Calgary, performer friends, actor friends. I'm here with an amazing actor named Alex Plouffe. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. And I'm here with an amazing actor named Charlie Gould. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. No worries. <laughs> um, thanks for being on the show, guys, to talk about the horrible thing I did panel discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you guys, uh, I know you both personally so well that I know that you guys have done bad things in your life. Like, I'm not going to be like, hey, have you guys ever been rude? (laughs) We know. We know the truth. (laughs) Um, Do you guys uh, carry a lot of shame? Like something that's not just embarrassing, but like, I was a real dick when I did blank. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Most of my teenage years, <laughs> I think back and go, oh, fuck, why was I like that? Why was I lying all the time? It's lying. Lying. Yes, you had an issue with lying. Yeah, Me too, yeah. actually. Yeah. Really? You both yeah, had an issue? I, I think, well, we're actors, you know, like I... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I would just spin lies when I was a kid because I, I could convince my parents to... I could just like spin them around my finger and like it was this power in telling a lie and it just became this habit and uh yeah even in some relationships i would lie to kind of get out of things and it just would spiral and even in the last couple years i'm like okay i need to stop doing this because it's super destructive well then when you when you experience someone lying to you in a big way it really puts things into perspective it's like oh it's not just my own little game i'm playing my parents made a big mistake of telling me what my tell was as a kid (gasps) And then, so I was like, oh, okay, I just won't do that, and you won't know I'm lying. Take the what was the tell? I would swallow every time. I couldn't get oh, through my like lie. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be like in the middle of a, a sentence, and I just, I, I'd have to swallow. And they'd be like, I can tell you're lying. Wow. You can't even get through your sentence, and your body is like rejecting your lie. Now, with these lies that you both say that you told, are, they, are we talking like little white lies, or did you guys do some real sociopathic shit? Um... I have I have four siblings. I'm the middle of five kids. And so being the middle kid, you're able to kind of deflect things in either direction <laughs> and just be like, oh, I didn't I didn't eat the, the chocolate bunny from Easter. It was it must have been Becca. I I didn't touch it, you know? And I uh I would do little things, little ratty things like that, um all the time. And my parents would just blame Becca and Becca would be like, who, me? I guess I did it. And take the blame and take the fall for it. Uh, Yeah, not proud of that, but it happened. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah, mine uh, stemmed a lot from, like, when I was a kid, my imagination, just, like, trying to see what I could come up with again, yeah, what I could spin. And then later it was, like, lying about who I was. And then that, Mm. like, just... had this huge butterfly effect into everything about my life. Like I would lie about. Could do you mind being more specific on the who I was for? Oh, I'm a big, big homo, <laughs> and that for a long time I, I, I fought to... vehemently against. I didn't know how to cue up. <laughs> is that the gay thing, <laughs> you... Alex? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the queerness of it all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 that yeah. that one, that one. Thanks, thanks for uh, taking the wheel on that. But I think because I was lying to myself, I kind of could justify lying to other people. I was like, well, I'm lying to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, also, you know, I'm like, treating that, everyone with the same shitty. And that is also not something I feel like you need to to own because you live in a society that's that's shitty to gay people as a whole. Sure. So, like, I don't think you need to own that, obviously. You you were lying <laughs> out of self-preservation at the time as a young man. Right, yeah. But then I would take it and run with it. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, when, it, like in, in grade 10, when I told everyone I lost my virginity when I was on he vacation. Had, he had an elaborate story. Elaborate I was there. Story. I knew him in the 10th grade. And yeah. I just remember being 15 and still sort of having a crush on him and being like... <laughs> Well, if only I was on the beach that night. <laughs> that was only Kathy or Michelle from Montreal in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> I could have been the lucky girl. And there was no lucky girl. <laughs> I love it. I uh, also wanted to ask you guys, do you 
do you have any shame things you'd like to share, like things that you did that were bad? Any horrible examples? Oh my god. Now's the time okay. for forgiveness. Right. Well, I mean, it all started in grade one, I think. Like, I really got in over my head. Grade one was a really tough year for me. I uh, I was the youngest in my class, like a kind of a December baby. And it was a grade one, two split. And I... Uh, there was there were a few bullies in the class. There was Tanner and there was Shauna Lee. And Shauna Lee seemed to be like the person I could get in with. So me and Shauna Lee teamed up. And uh, I became like her her bitch, her grade one bitch. And I would wow. just do her bidding. Yeah. And, uh, in the first grade? Yeah, in the first grade. And I'm not like... I, I was like a pretty sweet kid. Like very innocent. Grew up in a very... Not Christian, but kind of Christian family. And, uh, and Shauna Lee forced me, not forced me, but she was very manipulative and, uh, made me do things that I, that I kind of regret, uh, still to this day. Do you feel comfortable sharing yes. an well, example? Yes. Well, there's, there's a, one incident in particular. We, uh, we broke into the craft room between the two classrooms and we found this giant bag of, of sunflower seeds that were used for crafts. So you'd like, collage these seeds and on the bag there's a big picture of a bird and it says not for human consumption but at the time this is like mid 90s spits are all the rage mm-hmm. oh yeah so it was actually my idea I'm like we could we could package these and like sell them on the playground and uh i've got some i can bring sandwich bags from home and so we packaged them and portioned them out and, and sold them for like 25 cents a pop. And we were just making so much. The first day, we just like sold out and uh, made a lot of money. But kids got really sick. And uh, oh my it was God. an incident. Like the, the teacher, Mrs. Nettesheim, um, sat us down, took us to the principal's office. And I kind of took the blow for it. Like it was, I took the fall. And uh, being the subordinate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. And I. I thought my life was over. I thought I had so much shame, so much guilt from that. Um, yeah, cried and cried and cried. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard on you because I hear yeah. that story. and it Because everyone lived makes yeah. me laugh a little bit. But also, yeah, I could see but why that would weigh on so you high. when you're a little kid. And hearing you never been to the sick. principal's office. That's mm. huge. In grade one? Grade especially? one. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's well, huge. knowing you made kids sick when you're like six years old yeah. must weigh on you quite a bit. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. That's it's, a doozy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also like you, you have to think about as well because, you know, we're talking about the horrible things I've done and like you have to think about she was was she in grade one or grade two? She was in grade one as well. So like what was yeah. her home life like to make her uh, yeah. that kind of person at grade like at seven? Totally. Six but you or don't, seven? No, like, you're, I think I was – because I started grade one. I just turned four. Or kindergarten. Oh, grade okay. four. Sorry. Oh, wow. Five. So I was five in grade Jeez. one. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. It's like a baby. Yeah. A baby. Yeah. Oh, my God. What about you, Alex? Um, yeah. It's something I've been thinking a lot about recently. Um, when I was... You know the whole thing of when kids are young and... They hurt each other. It's like, oh, it just means they like you. Because the kids don't know how to, like, show their emotion and, and, like, display affection properly, I guess. When I was in grade two, I just moved to a new school. And I was I was at the playground. And it was lunch. And I was building a snowman. I was by myself. I didn't know anyone. And this group of girls who were in the grade above me came up. One of them held me. And then the rest of them just, like, pummeled the snowman. And then I got my ass, like, Kill Bill-style kicked. Like, it, like they, I, I was just in this circle. And this group of girls just, like, kicked my ass for... It would seem like a very long time. It was probably, like, a minute. But I was just being ricocheted between these, like, seven-year-old girls. Um, and I, I, I remember I had this, like, weird out-of-body experience where I just, like, played dead until they, like, left me alone. And then I went inside and I told my teacher what was happening. She's like, oh, well, that just means they like you, probably. And that confused me so much. I was like, why? why if they like me, why would they hurt me? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I then took that. And there were a lot of, well, there was, there's three that stick out in my mind of girls where I would be accused of liking them. And I knew I didn't, but I guess part of me didn't want people to know I didn't. I wanted them to think, yeah, no, I do like girls for sure. So I would physically hurt them. 
Oh, wow. As a display of like, well, this, this is kind of what I know. It's like when you like someone, you hurt them. Yeah. And it wow. ruined yeah. three it, really great friendships with, with women that I... When I you knew. were a lot younger? When I was in, yeah, I was grade, very soon after in grade two, grade four, and then grade seven. Yeah, like, well, and I think that's uh, something that we're all taught that's completely messed up. Isn't that fucked up? I, my, I remember my parents even saying that to me. I'd be like, someone's really mean to me. And it's a boy, and he's really, really, like, viciously mean. Yeah. And people just go, oh, he just likes you. Well, that doesn't really help me with dealing with the abuse of that. No. No. So, or internalizing that and then putting it back out into the world. And then like, suddenly you're 25 and some guy's like, your shirt's ugly. And you're like, I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> is he the one? <laughs> is he the one? Oh, this is going to work out great. Uh, resistance. Every sto- love story has resistance at the beginning. Um, okay. The last thing I want to talk about with you guys is kind of really zooming out and having perspective on this as, as, as a cultural thing. Um, I talked in the intro a bit about how, you know, we live in a society that's really about good guys and bad guys. And we live in a time especially where, you know, if you do something bad, it kind of defines you to the rest of the public as you are now that thing. Right. Uh, it's happening with a lot of uh, human rights movements that are going on. And, you know, a lot of people feel like these are messy things that need to happen for the appropriate changes that have to take place. But also, you know, there's also a lot of really tragic, awful things are happening. So do you guys feel nervous as public figures, as actors, you know, living in a society where, where this is kind of happening, where, where you make a mistake and, and now are you that thing? Mm-hmm. Are you defined by it? Mm-hmm. Any mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Oh, so many. Um, I I think ugh, it's so hard. I, I watched the um, Hannah Gadsby stand-up. I want to see yeah. that. Last yeah. night. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that is like kind of echoing in my... I'm still kind of processing mm. that. Um, but a lot of that really hit me hard. Uh but one thing that I took away from it is that like connecting with people and sharing your story is a way to like get through these hard times and to it sounds, you know, simple, but to, to empathize with other people. Yeah. No, no matter like, even if they are, you know, the one that's the being called that's the being, monster. Yeah. Being yeah. called the monster. Like you have to like, it's this weird cycle of abuse that just continue like is is hopefully being stopped now, but there's still people affect. We're still all affected by that. So, um, I think, yeah, it's a scary time, but I think it's also like, um, a, an amazing time to, to heal. Yeah. I think that's very true is acknowledging that even the people that we go, this person did this bad thing. They're the bad guy going, well, they're part of a cycle as yeah. well. It, is, it's just, it doesn't stop kind of and end with still them. Moving. It hasn't stopped yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, I mean, you can't escape what you've done. You know, mm-hmm. it's that whole thing of, it's not what you say, it's what you do. If you murder someone, you're forever a murderer. It yeah. doesn't mean that that's entirely what defines you. That's that's not the whole of what you are, but that's it's still you. Like, you did that. It's It's a part of you. But I don't think that it's... I mean, again, it's it's relative, and there's so much moral gray area of like, well, can you come back from that? Like, is that? And now we have this big court of public opinion of can like, not only can they emotionally or mentally, you know, uh, make reparations and 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 uh, sort of turn their life around and change, but can they? Can they re-enter society? Is this something that we are? Um, open to that's the thing uh, that gets me is the re-entering part yeah is uh, and we've talked at length about it Mm -hmm. you know just hanging out um but how do we hold people accountable Mm -hmm. so that the appropriate changes can happen but then we also we don't you know put you on an ice float and send you away we're not we don't cast you out of society Mm -hmm. i don't think that's necessarily the answer and i feel like maybe that's my criticism of a lot of the movements that are happening even though i agree with those movements is when we just when we just go well now we just get rid of them and i go well that doesn't get rid of the problem and it also causes 
more pain and, and no healing. Mm -hmm. I know there's so many sides to shame. I really saddled you guys with some heavy topics. It's, it's, yeah, well, when you, when you told me about this yesterday, I was like, oh, this is a comedy podcast, right? right? But I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's you know, you can see both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. and I think that's, and, and I remember in high school, we like, we would have a lot of hypothetical discussions. And one of them was, if I did something really bad and I came to you and I just said, I did something, I can't tell you what it is, but I need you to hide me. Would you do it? Oh, I love that question. We talked about that quite a bit. And um, what did you say? I think, you, I wonder if my 16-year-old self feels to. different than my 28-year-old self. But I I think I said it back then. I'm like, I'll give you a head start. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly get to my house. Said. You can hang out in the basement. Yep. But then you're on your own. And I'm going to the police because I'm a good person. But you get two days. Which is like, that logic makes no, no sense. sense. It's no like, sense. I'm playing both. I'm like, I'm your friend, but also you shouldn't murder those people. And now I listen to true crime podcasts and they talk about like the mom turning in her son who was a serial killer. And I'm always like, yes, yes. Like that's, there's, there's, you know, you, you know he, what he did was wrong, even though you love him, but you can tell what's right from wrong. Right. But you know what? You can separate that. For me, if my kid became a murderer... Me as mom, because I think I'm going to be one of those moms that's super devoted. I'm going to be like, yo, you did some bad shit. I'll make you a cake and bring it to the, the jail. But that doesn't mean I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, you're, you're perfect. You, everyone else is wrong. Yeah. But I'm still bringing you that cake. A pineapple, pineapple upside down cake. Okay. I'm going to bring you a little it's pineapple. Your it's your favorite. Little <laughs> Henry. There won't be a nail file in it, but I'll bring it. <laughs> Guys. Thank you so much for being on this show. This was a very insightful talk, mm -hmm. and I'm glad that I shared it with you too, because that's that's the benefit of having such good friends is there's trust, and I feel like we can all trust each other, and I love that. Thank you, guys. Uh, Thanks for please, having us. Oh yeah, Thank please you, uh, promote something on social media or 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 something from your creative lives. Please let us know right now. Um, I've got a podcast that you can also check out. It's called Popular Parallax. It's a sci-fi pop culture podcast uh you can find us on instagram at popular parallax and wherever you get your podcasts yes you should definitely listen to it it's my Ooh. favorite podcast oh my <laughs> i listen all the time oh. <laughs> she just found out i just found out he has a podcast and he's one of my best friends and you know what i'm really excited to binge it <laughs> i am oh my gosh uh me too i'm excited to binge it too uh because i'm now into the podcast i finally got the podcast nice. bug yeah. um uh, oh gosh, pitching a show. Here we go. I am going to be doing a show at Crow's Theater uh, in November, December. Perfect. Uh, it's What I Call Her by Ellie Moon, and I'm super excited. Oh, yes. Go see Charlie and that if you're in the Toronto area. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye bye. 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 I'm here with Aaron Stern. He is a fabulous actor, but he's also a therapist. Like the actual sit on a chair, ask you how you're feeling, work mm -hmm. through your problems therapist. Mm -hmm. And he's my friend and he's great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Very well. <laughs> you just put on your therapist I sure voice. I felt like I had to. <laughs> I'm well, but how are you uh, but doing, how, but Seriously, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Um, this a show's theme is of course that awful thing I did you did something that was unintentionally awful yes fill us in mm -hmm. so uh, in 2005 I went to, on birthright to Israel yes that's for Jewish people it right? is for I'm not Jewish yeah it's for Jewish people if you have some Jewish ancestry and I had I had not grown up in a Jewish household or had ever learned Hebrew or gone to Hebrew school. So I was kind of feeling a little bit like a faker, like I didn't really deserve to be there. Where, where is there? Where do they take you on birthright? So they take you all across Israel. So they start at the oh. top and they take you to all these, take you to Jerusalem and Tel Aviv and Mount Masada and the Dead Sea and all these amazing places. They take you there. So they just take fill you. me they in because I'm, I'm a dumb, oh, they pay for it. Yeah, it's a free trip to Israel. Uh, that they pay for your flights, they pay for your accommodation, and, you know, it's a way for people to be able to connect with their Jewish heritage. In and the hopes that they can get yeah. you to commit more fully? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. To make Aliyah to like either go live there or like meet a Jewish bride or husband or (laughs) you know it's very you know yeah there is definitely a political underpinning to it. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so I get it. So you're there. I'm there. Okay, it's this. It's the first day of the trip. You know, I'd heard so many amazing things about like you know. Being able to like meet people, make friends, and even like hopefully get some smooches going, <laughs> and then and so we're the first day we're in the Golan Heights, and we stop at this kind of you know just like a resting area, and this captain of the Israeli army uh, meets with us, and he's a tough looking dude, terrifying. Oh my god. Yeah, and he gets us all to line up, okay, and then he points me out and he says, "Hey, you." Come on. He doesn't say it like that, but he, he gets me to come up to the front of everybody, and he wants me to act like the captain, okay? You know, and then, so he, what he does is he, he, he wants me to count down from three in Hebrew, and then to salute, and then everybody will salute back. Okay, just to fill in a little color here, how yeah. old are you at this I time? I am 24 years old. 24 years old. I'm 24 years and old. And how are you feeling on this trip at that moment? I'm feeling a little like that kind of like, you know, when you go to the cafeteria with your lunch tray looking for a place to sit, you know, I'm kind of feeling like I haven't really made any connections yet. I don't really know where I fit in with this group of people. Very uh, like maybe 11, you know, like just. Wow. (laughs) And this big authoritative dude gets you up there to to salute to salute and I didn't understand why he was doing that but I was going with it right (laughs) (laughs) and I was like okay (laughs) and then so he's trying to teach me how he's trying to teach me the Hebrew for the numbers um, but for whatever reason because I'm flustered because I'm 11 feeling inside I couldn't like process them in my head and so he he's like hum ashen um, that's not the right words but it sounded pretty good <laughs> thank you and then you salute okay and I'm like uh okay and then he walks away so I'm standing in front of all of these people that I had never met and I was just really hoping I was gonna make connections with and then I go aham ashem and tim and then I went to salute but Actually, my arm went 45 degrees from my body, and I ended up hiling the group by accident. Oh, oh no! Oh, my God! I just started sweating, thinking about <laughs> the feeling <laughs> the feeling of when I did that. I had butchered the Hebrew, and then I accidentally hiled everybody. And when I did it... Did it look like a, a real... It, because I was stretching to then go back oh. for the salute, and I just never thought about how I was going to do the salute. And there was a, this just collective gasp among all the people. Oh like, my oh, God. And I was like, and then I said something. Like, oh, no, I didn't mean to. And then, and then I was, and then the Like, earnestly, was, were they actually? Yes. Earnestly. It was so awkward. Like, people thought I was trying to be funny. People oh, thought no. I was trying to That's make a even joke. Worse. It was so much worse. That they thought that you're this like total tasteless I'm a, idiot. I'm a joker. This and is- I'm gonna <laughs> hile everybody in Israel. Like, oh, oh. What a nightmare. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you the shame wash that I experienced <laughs> after that. Did you meet anyone on the trip? <laughs> So, I certainly did not have any smooches. No, no smooches. <laughs> I managed to make connection with one person who I was like, listen, I just want to say, like, that thing that happened, like, I was not... And he was like, oh, okay, I was, uh, was kind of wondering what was going on with that. So, I only made one friend on the trip. Is that really what a friend is? <laughs> this is the way your description of a friend just sounds well, like. Well, he's not still my friend. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's just it's just one person to talk to. One person you did damage control with, exactly. and then you went home. That's it. I actually have zero friends from that trip. Period. Oh my goodness! The that o- is a, that is a. The only person I still know from that trip was my wife. Oh. Who was on a different trip, so she was on the Montreal trip. I was on the London trip, so she wasn't with us when I hiled everybody. Well, yeah, or else she wouldn't be with you now. Absolutely not. 
Oh my goodness. Well, I guess the trip kind of worked. You said that they were supposed. Is your your? I'm assuming your wife is also. She is Jewish. Yeah. So it did kind of work. It did. She apparently tried to dance me a couple times, and I totally ignored her. But because she was mm. seeing somebody else. But then years later, she was like, "Birthright." And I'm like, "Yeah." Well, you know what? Sometimes something beautiful comes out of something so <sighs> so awful. ugly, <laughs> so, <laughs> so terrible. Ugly. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye. So that concludes our episode. Ooh, we heard a lot of intense stories. And uh, I hope all my guests feel a little bit more relieved now that they've gotten it off their chest. I also want to add one more thing on the topic here today. The stories on our episode today were varying in how serious some of the... Uh, bad behavior was we had some pretty bad stuff and then we had some kind of innocent childhood stuff that seems for forgivable but I kind of want to talk to anyone listening out there who maybe listened to the podcast today and thought well I have done some truly fucked up shit I've done stuff that is a million times worse than anything I just heard you know just in case you're sitting there and going I'm a horrible person because if this is all they could come up with, then what does that say about me? Well, I, I just want to speak to you if you're listening, if you're one of those people for a moment and, and tell you that I think what I was talking about and what Gandhi was talking about, about forgiveness and all that kind of stuff, I really truly believe that stuff. I certainly have struggled with um, parts of myself that I'm ashamed of. Parts of myself involving anger and lashing out at people and, and, and you know anxiety and depression and, and things that I have struggled with throughout my life. And there have been moments where I saw a side of myself that truly disgusted me. And the reason I'm bringing this up, even though I didn't bring it up in my opening story so much, I want you to know if you're someone who carries a lot of shame and baggage about things you've done or thought or almost done, that you are a valuable person and you can always turn over a new leaf. You can always seek forgiveness from others and from yourself and you you will always have value and you can always make tomorrow a better day. So that's a bit of a sappy message, but I actually believe it to be 100% true. Never write yourself off and always give yourself another chance. Oh, I just want to quickly mention that I have decided, and this has kind of been the plan all along, to have my episodes now come out every second Monday. The first four episodes uh, came out once a week because I was trying to get you hooked. You know, like drugs, like they say, like, oh, the first time's free. Something like that. I'm trying to get you hooked, get you into it, release a lot of content up at the beginning. But uh, I have to switch to every second week, which I will be faithful to every second Monday, uh, because you know, this is a very difficult show to put together. There's so many people I have to call to get them to tell their stories. So please keep listening. I'm going to keep creating episodes, uh, but it'll just be a, a twice a month treat. I want to thank my guests from the show today. Thank you to Josh Murray, Peter Stevens, Alex Bloof, Charlie Gould, and Aaron Stern. Your stories were fantastic. Thank you to Matthew Reed for the music. And... Thank you to Catherine Fogler for taking the photo for my podcast art. And thank you to Kurt Furla for the graphic design on my podcast art. Thank you to Eggplant Picture and Sound for setting me up in this studio and providing me with my wonderful tech guy, my sound guy, Devin. Thanks so much, Devin, for all your hard work today. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at Linzo Mullo. That's L I N. D-S-O-M-U-L-L 
Oh. Also, you can find Truths Be Told on YouTube now. So just search up Truths Be Told podcast and it should come up. If you enjoy this podcast, please tell your friends, subscribe, share, rate it, review it. If you don't like this podcast, keep it to yourself. No one likes a whiner. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. See you next time. has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!